live, I'm Graham Lynch, welcome to the show. Today we're going to take a deep dive into the first results from Aussie Broadband as a listed entity. We speak with Managing Director Phil Britt about their stellar rise in revenue and their plans from here. NBN also released a pricing review this week, builders setting up their wholesale offerings for the next two years. We had a chat with their Chief Customer Officer Brad Wickham, and we'll also hear from Chief Editor Simon Ducks about RSP reaction to the review. Also in the news this week, Sydney City Council is pushing back on 5G, and Telstra doesn't like the ACCC broadband monitoring program. But first, Phil Britt. Aussie Broadband saw its sales rise 89% for the first half of 2021. This is pretty heady stuff in a market where Telstra and Optus saw their sales drop 9 or 10% or so over the same period. First up, first up, I asked Phil, what were the factors behind such a strong rise? Look, we, we feel that the key difference is basically how we approach the customer. Um, you know, we've, we've always been onshore with our support and, uh, and how we interact with them, so we feel that's a really big part. Um, and ultimately, the team are giving her a lot of freedom in how they interact with the customer. So there's no predefined pathways. Um, like most call centers follow a, a script or a predefined way. We tend to uh, um, basically train the staff so that they can, they're empowered to make decisions. And we find that that usually resolves things um, quickly. And, and the customers really like it because they've got that human approach. So if the, the customer is being a bit loose and free with how they speak to our operator, then our operator will be the same way back sort of thing. It's not this rigid, formal kind of approach. Now, one of, one of the things that stood out to me was your incredible growth in business broadband connections, up 49% to nearly 30,000 services. That, that's, yeah, that almost yeah. seems to have come out of nowhere. So can, can you tell me a bit more about what, what you've been doing in that particular segment and why you've done so well there? Look, we made some some key changes to that in the last six months. So we we instituted a new business sales um, call centre, um, and that that team focused on traditionally a lot of these sort of sales would be handled through business development managers and more sort of handhold account. Then we've taken a, a different approach and sort of commoditized it a bit like how residential works, and so that's that's helped. Um, we've done an awful lot of marketing um, in the business space and and have more to come in that area. And so that's helped achieve this, this significant uptick. Okay. Now, the other feature of the results is an update on uh, the fibre project that Aussie Broadband's yep. embarked on. Uh, it, you've got nearly, uh, nearly 80 kilometres of fibre now on the ground and, and maybe about twice that um, under construction. Can you talk me through that project and uh, what is the end game for that? Yeah, look, that, I'm very proud of that project because it's it sort of started as my baby and I've had to recently hand it over sort of thing. So the, the initial parts were actually project managed by me and that sort of thing. But um, look, it's a project that's designed principally to connect um, NBN poise. We've been wanting to buy dark fiber to NBN poise and at the time no one would sell that. Um, that's starting to change now uh, with, with um, Telstra and that uh, coming out saying they'll do do dark fiber, but um, it's it's about providing our own pathway so that we're not locked into any other carriers to the points. And so, where we're at today um, is the is the number listed in the in the pack. But we're planning to get to seventy six points um, by the end of uh, June twenty two, and that's sort of all the metro points. And, and it's it's all about making sure we own our own pathway to the NBN. 
Um, the other part we're doing with it is directly connecting customers along the way. So as we're running through the suburbs, um, we're connecting customers straight onto this fibre network. We've got quite a good pipeline of, of customer orders and then other service calls. And that just basically gives us a margin uplift. Oh, so and we, these are, are these are business customers or data centres yeah. or residential customers you're signing up? Uh, uh, data centers businesses so we're not doing anything in the residential space yes um it is it is purely a business data center play okay uh, now the other um thing i've picked up um in the fine print of the results uh, is that you're changing your supplier for your mobile services from telstra to sure. optus can, can you talk us through um the reasoning there and, and what your plans are in the mbno space look we've had a, a long relationship with telstra for many years with different services and so on, but um, we were finding it difficult to get an MBNO deal across the line that would give us the flexibility that we're used to when we create things. We move very quickly um, and flexibility is, is the key part. And so we did a went through a process where we sort of looked heavily at Telstra and heavily at Optus and ultimately came to the conclusion that the, the construct and the flexibility that were being offered by Optus was a, a superior solution. And so that was the main reason for the change is we want to be able to effectively create our own product sets and do things differently in the mobile space. And we needed a, an MPNO agreement that would allow us to do that. Okay. And of course, accompanied with all that has been the development of Aussie broadband as a major national brand. And um, of course, there's the affiliation with the um, Big Bash League team, the Melbourne Stars. Can, can, you, can you talk me through how that's going? And of course, the, the BBL season just finished. So um, uh, you know, what, what are your takeouts on how your brand is developing out there in the market? Yeah, certainly the, the survey data that we're seeing, um, the brand uh, is, is lifting up. Um, we're, we're doing a lot of over-the-top advertising, so um, new, new TV campaigns and particularly new ones now that are focused on, on speed rather than just sort of a price point. And for us, it's always, it's, it's never been about a price point with us. It's always been about performance. And so that, that marketing effort is, is really, uh, I guess, going up a up a level in the last six months and it's about to go up a level again and yeah real focus on um over the top marketing in terms of the uh, the star sponsorship disappointing they didn't didn't make the finals but <laughs> um it's uh look it's been a it's the first time we've done a four-way into that space and look initially it, it looks pretty good but um we're still waiting on all the, the data we're, we're a very data-driven organization and so our marketing team is actually headed up by someone who's, who's got a degree in commerce, not a degree in marketing. So it's it's very much analytically driven and it's not driven on this emotion of what looks good or, or looks fluffy. It, it's all based on numbers. Now, talking of campaigns, uh, you've signed up to NBN's Focus on Fast campaign, which of course is aim, yep. aimed at 100 meg and above. How, how is that tracking and uh, how do you expect that to um, uh, influence your mix of customers going forward? Look, we've always had a really high proportion of um, the, like the uh, 250, 25 and the, and the gig 50 market, but we're seeing continued uh, strong growth in that space. I guess the, the jury will be out is when the discounts come off as to whether the customers stick on those plans or not. So I think, yes, we're seeing, seeing good signups. Uh, whether they stick around on those plans will remain to be seen. Okay, and, and while we're on NBN, they issued a pricing review this week. Um, yep. And um, 
RSPs generally seem to be a little disappointed that there weren't more options for a post-CVC world canvassed. Uh, what, what were your feelings about that pricing review? I think a little disappointed is probably a massive understatement. Uh, yeah, it, it was not even remotely close to what we were um, looking for. And, um, yeah, I, I, the timing of it, um, the time it's going to take to run the consultation and then potentially implement the results, it's not going to work, basically. The industry's come off the back of 12 months of effectively not having to worry too much about CVC other than worry about their network traffic um, during COVID and the traffic levels we're still seeing and and what we're going to see basically either people are going to be seeing slower speeds in the peak time because people won't be provisioning enough CVC or providers are going to have a margin squeeze because uh, if they are provisioning the right amount of CVC then NBN's profits are just going to be going through the roof as a result. Now, as far as Aussie Broadband's con- um, concerned, uh, you're planning for your what you describe as your next phase of network expansion. That's to take you post half a million and on to a million yep. connections. So what's required there? What do you need to do to upgrade the network? Look, um, obviously our fibre network is a core foundation to that, but for us it's um, basically looking at more equipment in our core, so it's uh, it's a complete... Um, core upgrade again. Um, so today we use the Cisco NCS platform um, and we're looking at options to scale that uh, larger than what we've got today. Um, that's really the main element. The, the core is sort of um, reaching its limits and it, it's it's a rebuild of that element and all the equipment we've got today will be used in that, but it's, it's more equipment, more boxes and yeah, building out that capacity further, probably looking at 400 gig and, and things like that. They released their biannual pricing review this week. There was nothing too radical in it. In fact, it was largely committed to the status quo, just a bit of tinkering around the edges. And framing the whole thing was a narrative from MBN Co that they believe their pricing provides excellent value to the market. I'll let Chief Customer Officer Brad Whitcomb say that in his own words. As you know, um, consulting with the industry on our wholesale pricing has long been an important part of how we run our business. It's the way that we've been able to create balance between increasing customer experience, creating a level playing field for retailers, and ensuring we generate enough revenue to maintain and upgrade our network over time. And while undoubtedly this consultative approach um, has required difficult trade-offs, we believe it's led to some significant benefits for customers over time. So, for example, um, customers are enjoying much faster speeds than ever before, moving from just 16% of customers on speeds of 50 or above back in 2016 up to more than 70% today, and we're seeing that figure climb. Um, Over that same time period, um, bandwidth congestion during the busy hours absolutely plummeted, and when you combine that with our decision to boost our own speeds to cover retailers' network overheads, That means we're seeing retailers routinely advertising peak busy hour speeds that approach our absolute uh, maximum plan speeds. And on top of that, we've offered much greater value. So since 2016, the cost we charge retailers per per gigabit has dropped from about 33 cents 
to just 16 cents per gig today. Um, and I want to just pause on that because I think it's important that while virtually every other utility has seen their uh, costs go up and up, our wholesale charge per gigabit is already less than half of what it was five years ago, and we're expecting that trend to continue. So across the, the critical dimensions of speed, performance, and value, uh, working with industry, we have made great progress, and we're looking to build on that progress through this consultation process. Now, having locked in the first year of our two-year pricing roadmap in our recently completed WBA, we're now focusing our efforts on year two, where we're proposing yet another increase in value within our existing pricing framework, and then also an alternative model where we shift further toward fixed and away from variable pricing. Um, but we're also open to changing and evolving our pricing model, um, which is why we have this um, part B of the consultation, um, provided that anything we move to allows us to keep the network vibrant and provided that it promotes the best possible outcome for our customers. Okay, that was Brad Whitcomb. So I'm joined by Simon Ducks, the uh, chief editor of Comms Day, who uh, took a deep dive into the pricing review this week for Comms Day, and he's here to tell us all about it. Welcome, Simon. Hi there, Graham. Okay, well, first up, um, uh, we've heard from Brad, and of course that was an overall defense of, of, of what NBN has been doing in the space. But they did propose a couple of new ideas for new products in their pricing review um, in, in the business area and also in, uh, the, I guess, the lower speed tier area. So can you tell us all about that, Simon? Yeah, sure. It was uh, interesting listening to Brad, and uh, he certainly uh, put up a spirited defense of the uh, current pricing construct. And one of the things that struck me about what he was talking about uh, was a specific mention, and this is the one that has uh, got the RSPs at loggerheads, uh, uh, where he actually said to you, I think uh, if we think about this notion of fixed versus variable charging, we've seen our variable revenue drop from about 33% back in 2017 to just about 10% of our revenue today. And that's going to become a crux of the discussions in the consultations coming forward. But uh, as uh, Brad was suggesting, um, we're looking at um, the MBM wanting to extend the current practice of bundling uh, AVCs and CVCs up to April 2023. No real change there. The RSPs will be uh, disappointed about that. Uh, but uh, they have suggested some tweaks to increasing uh, some of the speed bundles with a little bit of extra CVC and uh, also suggest an alternative option uh, for the most popular 50 megabit bundle uh, to have a two pri uh, $2 price increase in return for an extra $2.80 worth of CVC. So there's a little bit of a uh, horse trading going on there. Uh, essentially, uh, MBN suggests that that's the equivalent of giving a 17 to 29% discount for the additional CVC inclusions. So uh, on uh, the business side of things, the uh, really top tier services, uh, the 250-100, the 500-200 and the 1,400 have not been selling so well. So MBN's actually suggesting that they be rebundled uh, as TC4 bundles aimed at business with some pretty good uh, CVC inclusions. Uh, and also they're going to add in um, an SLA uh, on top of that as well 
uh, so you can have uh, more of a business-like uh, service. And uh, the pricing uh, that they're looking at for that is uh, the 250-100 would be $100, the 500-200, 160 uh, the 1400 would be $230. So that could stimulate uh, a little bit more activity at that real top end. And uh, one of the key things also was the low-income bundles that they're suggesting. Uh, they're talking about a discount 25.5 bundle with a 150 gigabyte data cap uh, for a wholesale price of around 18 to $22.50 aimed at users who uh, rely on Centrelink benefits. And uh, you did some calculations, actually, and uh, it looked like uh, that could come up to around about 4.6 million uh, Australians that are currently on some form of disability or unemployment benefit. And uh, MBN had the suggestion that they could potentially use uh, Centrelink uh, conf confirmation e-service uh, for businesses, which would allow uh, a very quick pre-qualification to see if people will actually... Uh, qualify for those things and um, essentially right uh, as the consultation goes uh, MBN is giving the RSPs until the 24th of March to provide their feedback. And uh, you preempted that process didn't you Simon? You, you rang around all the major RSPs um, on the morning that the RSP came out and asked them for their reactions. It's pr pretty fair to say that nothing, it wasn't what was in the pricing review that animated them but what wasn't in it which animated them yeah very true and uh you could uh tongue-in-cheek suggest that we might have been able to predict what the rsps were going to say before mbm put this out i think it, there was general disappointment about the fact it felt like uh, mbm was kicking the cvc can down the road uh a, a little bit and uh telstra for example suggested that the uh, uh the consultation didn't appear to offer any any real change and uh, the spokesperson said to us, you know, it's a simple equation. MBN revenue per residential user will continue to increase substantially over time. So without change, consumers will end up paying more for home broadband and the level of service they get will drop. So obviously Telstra is uh, prefacing potential price rises uh, there. Uh, TPG Telecom, uh, Trent Zinner uh, suggested to us that the solution was simple. We need to remove the CVC charge and implement a flat wholesale rate. So you can see all of them have been, um, you know, quite critical about this. Uh, the key thing that um, uh, Trent mentioned was the fact that it said that uh, across their brands, they've got 15% higher traffic than February 2020. So this is going to keep coming back uh, as a key issue. Uh, in terms of uh, Phil Britt over at uh, Aussie Broadband, he was suggesting that um, the proposals by MBM are grossly undercooked and a little bit too little too late. And he said that by the time these come into effect in May 2022, traffic's going to be significantly higher again. So they're going to be crunched even more. Uh, Andrew Sheridan over at Optus said uh, the company was disappointed. It was positioned as a major review. And he feels that a lot of the key uh, points that the RSPs have been raising for a, a long time have not been addressed. And uh, meanwhile, uh, uh, Vocus uh, Chief Executive of Retail, Anthony DeJong, also uh, pointed out the fact that the most straightforward uh, way to achieve what they're trying to do with the principles of certainty, value and simplicity, which is what uh, MBN is suggesting, is to abolish CVC. So you can see uh, there's going to be some pretty heated uh, discussions coming up on this. 
And, uh, you know, going back to what Brad Whitcomb said, uh, from their point of view in uh, defense of that is that they want to be able to generate sufficient economic return and increase customer experience, and they're going to underpin that. So I think uh, this battle is uh, yet to be fought. Okay, thanks for that, Simon. Just as a, a footnote, as, as we are recording this podcast, the ACCC has put out some uh, the latest wholesale market indicators for the NBN market. But one of the interesting things they found was a 50% jump in the number of customers using 100 megabit services. So obviously more demand uh, on the bandwidth there. But at the same time, they found that the amount of requisition CVC actually fell slightly in net terms. So... Um, uh, be interested to see how that pans out through 2021. Thanks very much for joining us today, Simon. Thanks again, Graham. Well, there was lots of other big news around this week. And uh, to tell us about it, I am joined by the executive editor of Communications Day, Rowan Pierce. Welcome, Rowan. Hey, Graham. You had a... Uh, pretty cool story this week uh, about the broadband monitoring program at the ACCC Um, and they're holding a review into whether people like it or not and Telstra, surprise, surprise, doesn't. (laughs) I'm I'm glad it was a cool story. Yeah, actually, you know, um, one one vaguely terrifying thing about this is uh, uh, I was looking at the ACCC consultation paper and it was like, they first proposed this program in 2013 and it feels like so long ago when it's like the old pre-COVID days. And it's having its first review. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, yeah, yeah. The, the, the reason it's being reviewed at the moment is that obviously, like, you know, the government, um, the government committed to, like, a certain amount of funding. It's due to expire in June 2021. So the ACCC's had a consultation on, like, you know, what, what happens next? Should the program keep going? And should it be changed? Should it be expanded? That kind of thing. So on the, on the kind of consumer advocacy side, there's, there's a feel that it's like performing a useful role. On the, on the other hand, telcos um, are keen for some changes and like Telstra has, Telstra has called for it to be scrapped altogether, basically. So there's a few aspects to the argument they're making. One is that um, Telstra says, well, the impact of an RSP's network is fairly minimal compared to what the impact of like particular NBN access technology is going to be and, and the NBN infrastructure. So uh, what, one example they gave is, um, you know, it, it's... Telstra is saying, well, you're effectively going to penalize an RSP that sells a FTTN service to someone who's on a very long copper loop because that's going to drag down the performance of um, that RSP in the report. Um, I guess, actually, an Aussie Broadband made a kind of like similar, similar um, argument in their, their submission too, which was that, well, if you have a consumer that, say, they, they want to purchase a 100 megabit service but their line's not capable of that, but they still want more than a 50 megabit service is going to deliver, then the RSP is going to be penalised in the report. So there's, there's some of that concerns around it. Um, I guess the, the other thing that Telstra is saying is like, well, there's a bit of a case of luck of the draw too because of the sample size that is um, being used. It means that if you're an unlucky RSP, you might, you might end up you know, looking not so good in RSP versus RSP comparison, which is obviously like Telstra's. Telstra's kind of concern. So there's also like other concerns which have been raised by other telcos around the transparency of the testing methods and um, some things like, for example, um, Optus, Optus, sorry, is concerned about the location of SamNose service. SamNose is the company that does the um, testing for um, the ACCC. So uh, 
basically the ACCC's view is that this program has been useful. Um, they've left it with the Department of Communications, so I guess before June 2021, presumably we'll, we'll know what the outcome is. Okay, moving on. Um, you had another interesting piece this week on, um, on uh, the whole thorny issue of, of immunities for operators when they're installing infrastructure for wireless networks. And a lot of local councils have been uh, putting in their two bobs worth on this issue. And in particular, Sydney City Council, who, who are, I guess one of the more preeminent municipal councils in the, in the country, um, have something to say on this. Yeah, I, I think it was like one of those things before I started writing about uh, telecommunications, you would see telco powers and immunities and you wouldn't know what it's about. But basically, so the, the government's been con- consulting on the future of the rules, um, governing you know, the rollout of low impact facilities and that kind of thing, particularly in the context, I guess, of 5G infrastructure. Um, so City of Sydney has basically said that they want to be able to have a veto over the rollout of some types of 5G infrastructure within their kind of jurisdiction. And another of other councils have kind of like raised similar ideas, not quite as bluntly as that. Really, the, the issue um, from the city's point of view is like, well, one particular piece of infrastructure may not have a huge impact on the city. But when you're looking at the kind of like density or a 5G network relying on small cells, then it's cumulatively, it can have a big impact. So they want to be able to say, well, if it's in our jurisdiction, we should be able to say no, which is kind of um, obviously not going to be popular with um, telcos. So one, one particular um, issue that's been raised is around like, you know, smart or slimline poles that are designed to hold small cells. Like, should they be counted as low impact and that kind of thing? Um, and yeah, I guess, I guess that's, that's the crux of, well, a particular concern that Sydney's raised. Um, and I guess you would expect to see these kind of tensions go on as like more and more infrastructure is put out there between local governments and telcos. And actually, the other, the other thing I'll just say is like I reckon the kind of poll space, is at, at the risk of sounding like a nerd, I think the poll space is going to be quite interesting probably. Like I think, um, you know, there's so much money floating around in terms of digital infrastructure at the moment and, and you know, money going to fiber, money going to data centers. So I kind of wonder whether we're going to see some interesting poll plays. Okay, well, look, on that note, Rowan, thanks very much for joining us today. Talk to you later. Cheers, Graham.